you know, when it shut everything down, people just didn't know what to do. So, you know, the tournaments made decisions and calls. I remember I was in Oklahoma for a tournament, and it was truly one of those decisions that it's like, if I go to Oklahoma, are we going to get stuck? You know, are we going to get stuck? Are they going to close? You know, they mm-hmm. were talking about closing state lines down, stuff like that. So, um, you know, a lot of the, the what ifs and what could happen, things like that, it, it put a lot of fear in everybody. Um, you know, I think I think the tournament, you know, the large tournament organizations, they tried to make the best decisions they could because you know, some, some of the anglers, you know, we traveled four or five, ten states away to go to some of these events and, you know, getting fuel, getting stuff like that, there was a lot of risk. So, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I commend them for doing a good job for, you know, for what we, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know when that happened. Right. And it was good to see some of that. Damn the local stuff. Hornady presents Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. Your host, Alex Rutledge, calling via my front porch in the beautiful Ozarks of Missouri. You hear the roosters crowing in the background. In the studio, Redbone Mike Christ, our producer and director of the radio show, and our brand manager and producer of the podcast, Wayne Locke. Guys, we have got a wonderful show lined up. If you love hunting and you love fishing, and you want to hear good stories, we got a special guest going to be on today. Yeah, we do, and it's going to be pretty much a fishing show today. So, uh, But I think everybody likes to hunt, likes to fish, too. And uh, I, I think people will really enjoy uh, hearing from our guest. Um, Alex, you know, it, it, we're, we're getting that time of the year, and, and somebody was saying, you know, the, the big fish in the lakes, and this, the reports I always get around the lake. I know you, you fish the rivers, but on the lakes right now, the big fish are pushing all the shad to the top. And uh, when they get those shad to the top, man, the action gets fast and furious on the lakes because when they start feeding, it's just a frenzy. And I've seen it. I know you've probably seen it as well. It is one of the most unbelievable things that you'll ever see on a lake is when those fish all get those shad to the top of the water. Yeah, they are. They're coming. Some of these fish are post-spawn, and some are still on beds on the lakes mm-hmm. and the rivers as well. And that's when the topwater bite is really good early morning. And if you got a cloudy day, overcast, top water's really, really good this time of year. But also down baits are good also for this time of year. And uh, spinner baits, swim baits, uh, stick baits, jerk baits. Uh, these fish will move back and forth throughout the day depending upon the weather and the cloud cover, etc. But the top water bites really starting to get really, really good. It's been good on the lakes and the rivers for some time. And so, Alex, we've had all this rain this spring, including this past week. And um, you know, Memorial Day weekend was this past weekend, and, and there were some incidents on rivers from floaters that were not used to floating on the rivers when they're high. Now we've had another, you know, two, and in some areas, three inches of rain this week. It is really important for people to be extra careful out on the rivers because the water is high. It runs fast where it normally doesn't run fast. There's debris in the water. I mean, we really need to caution people that if you're going fishing or even just out on recreation, be extra careful. Yes, and you want to make sure that your equipment is up to specs for the water patrol, and you want to make sure that you have all the safety equipment that you need on your boats. You want an emergency kit, first aid kit. You want your life jackets for everybody in the boat. You want a throwable cushion. You want a fire extinguisher. And uh, you need these things just to to be safe in case something does happen. That being said, with the rivers high like they are, and to all of our faithful listeners that uh, float the rivers here in our beautiful Ozarks area, uh, know the river. You know, 
Uh, don't be getting on that river if you're unexperienced with the river up high it is, mm-hmm. like it is right now, without somebody with you that knows how to canoe or how to kayak. And avoid dangerous situations when you're canoeing or kayaking. Do not go into a uh, log jam with a lot of swift current. Because what happens is if you get in there and get sideways, you get jammed, that current can pull you down. Yeah, exactly. So avoid those situations. Wayne, anything you want to add on safety? Yeah, I'd like to also, uh, let's not forget the shore fishermen, that uh, the people that go and just put up a uh, fold-out chair and a, a rod and a lantern and that, because uh, night fishing on High River, very dangerous as a, as a, a medic in Cleveland. Uh, that's one of the the more drownings we had along the river were from shore fishermen, uh, believe it or not, because what it is, you know, you get, you get the guy that's out there, he gets a snag, and what does he want to do? I could walk out there and just kind of pull it free, and I'll wait out there, not realizing just how dangerous that fast current river is. And if you get swept with and hit with a log or something that you don't expect, um, man, it's just dangerous. Just cut the line, call it a day. It's a five dollar lure. Just it's it's not worth your life. Yeah, I was in Hardy, Arkansas, Alex. This past weekend, uh, Miss Nina and I went down to Hardy, Arkansas, Saturday morning, and the place was jam-packed. And there was a group of uh, young people there. We were at the ice cream shop uh, and candy shop getting some candy for our granddaughter. And uh, some young people there, and I was talking to them, said, so um, I'm surprised y'all aren't on the river. And they said, it's 46 degrees <laughs> outside. And I said, so you were going to be on the river? And, and one of the young young people said, yeah, we're camped over at, uh, I forget which campground they said. He said, but my dad called my cell phone last night and said, don't you dare get on that river. I just read where it's up, six feet or whatever. He said I wasn't experienced enough on Spring River to get on the river. And I thought, you know, that's a parent looking out for their kid. And then a kid with enough sense to listen to, to listen, dad. Yep, listen to, to dad. To listen right. to dad. Uh, because, they were, you know, they were, you know, 50 miles away. They really wouldn't have known if the kids would have got on the river or not. Uh, but uh, they had enough sense not to. And I think that's, that's kind of where I was going. And if you're going to be recreational on the rivers, they're real high. Make sure, like you said, Alec, make sure you know the river. And if you don't, stay off. Exactly. And, you know, to the young listeners that listen to this show, don't go to the river by by yourself, even when the river's at normal stage. Always have somebody with you. And, uh, you know, always think safety at all times. And, again, have a life jacket when you're riding in a boat. And make sure, again, I'm repeating a throwable cushion with a rope. If somebody does uh, fall in the water or you can't get to them, where they can grab a hold of that can save their lives. That being said, uh, also, you know, we got baby deer hitting the ground finally. Linda mm-hmm. seen the first one come across our driveway yesterday. Yeah. We've got baby that's hatching all across the country here. We just hope this cold rain and this cool rain doesn't harm the baby turkeys. Uh, it's a concern of mine. Right. Everybody. Yeah, yeah and I got a picture yeah. on my Wise Eye camera uh, that I posted on Facebook today of a doe that. Uh, uh, the biggest, biggest, fattest doe I've ever seen. I, she, I hope she's carrying triplets because she looked like <laughs> I don't know how she was walking without something not falling out of her. <laughs> you know, I mean, belly dragging. Oh, you know, her belly was dragging. Her back, back end looked like she's just ready to pop it out any second. Yeah, I tell you what, those Denali, uh, Denali fishing rods. I want to get off on that subject too. For those of you who love to fish, if you haven't tried Denali fishing rods. You've got to go to their website and check them out. They make them for every type of fishing. And I've been fishing Denali, my brother Jack and I, for the last three years. And uh, American-owned company right in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Check them out. And uh, also those Wise Eye cameras, 
I wish they had an underwater camera. It would help me find more fish. <laughs> we need to bring that idea to them. Well, they need to. I think it would be a good idea if they could make something like that. Mm-hmm. deal. Or maybe set trail cameras up in root wads. <laughs> I ain't no telling what you'd good. see. You'd see big old water moccasins crawling all over the place. All right, so, uh, Alex, uh, we, we just got a few seconds here. I was on my way to work this morning, uh, 4.15 in the morning, came around the curve, and there was a buck standing in the road. I know he was because he had a big old rack on top of his head. Really? In velvet? Already. In velvet, already, yes. That's awesome. Everybody, we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, baby deer's hitting the ground, turkeys are hatching, fish are biting, don't go away. We've got special guest, professional bass angler, owner of MS Propane Boatworks, and this guy is a beast, Mr. Drew Sanford. Don't go away, we'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey everybody, this is Michael Watting with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while, like load him in the back of my truck. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. WiseEye presents Welcome Back to American Reach Outdoors. Alex Rutledge, your host calling from my front porch of my beautiful home here in southern Missouri. In the studio, Redbone Mike Crace, Wayne Locke, editor-producer, podcast, brand manager, and as promised, our special guest, Mr. Drew Sanford of MS Propane Professional Bass Angler. And we've had him on the show before. And this guy is a unique person. This guy loves the same kind of things that most of us love during outdoorsmen. Welcome to the show, Drew. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Well, we, we, we appreciate you being on the show, man. As I stand here, you're pretty unique. You love the outdoors. You love to hunt. You love to fish. And uh, you're into a propane business, and you do all kinds of things. You're a very busy man. <laughs> that, that's a fact. There's no doubt. So we, uh, Not much grass grows under my feet, so that, that's for sure. Yeah, let, let's kick it off here, Redbone, Wayne. Let's talk about Drew, where Drew was born and where he was raised. Let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, born in Springfield and uh, grew up in that area, just south of Springfield, stomped around, you know, that Nixa area. And James River was right there, so I was always sneaking out and fishing and kayak fishing and doing all sorts of stuff on the rivers there and um, go fish with my dad up north of Springfield at Palm de Terre in Stockton and up, you know, up the James River, put it at Cape Fair and Bridgeport on Table Rock a bunch. So, so yep, you did, had, a, had a great childhood in that area. So you did a lot of creek fishing, river fishing as a kid. I did. I loved it. 
I loved it. I loved it. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's when when you're young and you got nowhere to go. I, I actually, it's a funny story. I had a GoPad, which is like a, it's almost like a scooter with a motor on the back of it. And I bought this GoPad from Ski Shack in Springfield. And, you know, they, they had them for tricks and for all sorts of stuff. They'd hop them up, put exhaust on them, do all that. And the guy asked me why I did it. And I go, well, I want to put a fishing rod holder on it. And he looked at me. He's like, well, do what? So I... I put a fishing rod holder on the front, and I would sneak back rows. I wasn't allowed on the big rows for my parents, and I'd sneak through the back rows and through the woods and stuff, and I'd make it to Springfield Lake, or I'd make it to the James River, and, man, I'd make 20, 30 miles. I'd know where to get gas. I'd bring oil with me so I could mix my gas up. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd go all over. So, you know, I uh, I was a city redneck back in the day doing that, so we just figured out how to figure out how to get to the fishing holes doing that. I think I've been kicked out of every pond around Springfield. So. <laughs> You know, Drew, you talk about all that, and you talk about the James River and Springfield Lake, and I'm just going to make a statement here because I know a couple of guys that live in Springfield that, that fish Springfield Lake and the James River quite a bit. Those are two of the best-kept secrets in the Ozarks, don't you think? Yeah, I might get slapped for talking about it. it uh, <laughs> you know, they've got the hot water discharge, and a lot of people fish that, and, and there there is fish there, but it kind of loops around just how the current flows on that lake. And it loops around them. There's a big channel swing bluff wall that goes up by there. And I mean, dude, they get loaded up in the wintertime on there. Mm-hmm. And you can you can just have some of the just most fabulous days. Um, you know, throwing a jerk bait, throwing crank baits, doing you know even more spinner bait and stuff like that in the middle of winter. And um, no, it's it's fun. And you know, grass isn't a big thing around here. And you get the lily pads there, so you can throw a frog. You know, you can throw all sorts of. You know, you can get a lot of different looks, do a lot of different things compared to normal on that. And it's you know it's fun there. And um, you know, it, it's always been good. There's a lot of big fish caught out of there, and um, yeah, I think I think it is. I think it's definitely a secret that most people don't know about. Uh, yeah, you know, as uh, you were talking about the hot water, it kind of reminded me the um, electric company up there in Cleveland. Their hot water outlet, same thing. The lake would have you know two feet of ice. You could drive your car on it, but if you went over to where the hot water outlet was. You're throwing it, you know, like I, like you said, the spinner bait, the jerk baits, the uh, crank baits, right into the water. While everybody else, if you turn your back and you look over to the lake, people are driving their cars on it. It was just this little opening, but some of the fishing was phenomenal right there. Yep, it's neat. I uh, I remember one time I went down there and I had a wiggle, an original wiggle wart. I was like, you're gonna lose that. Don't lose that thing. And I fired out there, caught like a you know five pounder on it. I just you know vividly remember <laughs> catching that thing on that area. And, um, it's fun. The grass grows right there by the bank, and you know everybody bombs the castaway out in the middle of the lake. There, I'll go down. I'll take my, I'll take my flipping stick and a punch weight, and I'll walk down the bank or between people. I'll catch fish literally right out from underneath their feet because those fish, you know, the bass live in the grass right there by the edge. They don't ever leave, right. and all that current flows through. They just wait for stuff to swim by. So, you know, everybody's out there throwing as far as they can. I'll literally take my flipping stick and just be walking down the bank like a cane pole catching fish, lifting them up. So, yep. <laughs> well. Listeners, as you can tell, this Drew is a unique person, and he, he's real savvy. And uh, as we discussed, he's very aggressive and, and very busy. Uh, what school, let me ask you this, did you, when you was in school, did you play any sports, or what school did you attend? Was you at Nixa also? Yep. Nope, I, I was at Kickapoo. We were right on the border. We lived literally on the James River, um, and I was on the north side of the James River, so I was Kickapoo. I was as far south as you could be, so... Nope, I was at as a Kickapoo there, and I did uh, played you know played basketball growing up, played soccer growing up. So I did soccer and basketball, kind of my main thing. When I was about a junior. I was man, I was in the racing cars and being in the outdoors, and um, 
you know, I would have fit into the, the high school fishing up there these days. That would have been right up my alley. And, you know, I, I was good at sports. I'd offer for soccer and things like that to go play college ball. But I just, I had no desire. I just, I, I loved the outdoors. I loved that fishing. And, um, you know, and that, that's kind of what I had my eye on. You know, gosh, I don't even know when I started tournament fishing. I was little, you know, seven, eight years old probably. And, um, there used to be like father, like son fishing circuit around here and uh, got involved with that. And then when that went out, my dad and a guy named Dan Royster from Rogersville, Missouri, and a group of other people that they all got together and they started a fishing circuit called Fishtails. And, um, you know, it's, and, and now Fishtails is what JP Cell runs with the high school, you know, some of the high school fishing stuff. We kind of took the name after the tournament circuits got done, and now it still still lives today doing that. So, um, kind of a neat, you know what I mean? Neat, neat thing for heck, I don't even know. Twenty years now, it's been around. So, um, really a really a cool thing. But no, I've been passionate about the outdoors. Done, just done tons of fishing and different events and things like that. You know, that's what's fun about MS Propane. You know, our, our company's doing well, and um, you know, Drew Simon runs it, does a fantastic job. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we can kind of give back and do things along those lines and help participate. We do a lot of youth fishing events and a lot of outdoors things and, you know, get get to do opportunities like this, talking with you guys. Um, you know, get to go participate in the outdoors. We sponsor a whole bunch of high school fishing teams and um, go do seminars and talk to them about ways to catch fish, stuff like that. We always try to help kids as well. Um, you know, try to help them before these tournaments. Uh, we've got a... Um, uh, you know, we've got we, we're doing a big seminar before they've got a champ. They've got the high school championship this year on Stockton, so we're doing a big seminar. We've got five pro anglers from around the area coming in, and we're gonna try to teach all these kids around here how to catch fish on Stockton in June. So um, <laughs> it's quite a feat, and maybe get you a state champion out of it. Uh, Alex, time for us to take a break. We'll be back with more on American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends in just a moment. This Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Wise-Eye presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome back to segment three of the show. Again, our special guest, Mr. Drew Sanford of MS Propane. If you listen to the first segment he has been on here, this guy is a busy, busy man, and uh, they believe in giving back to the community. They believe in helping these younger kids and our generations to come to get involved in the outdoors, and that's that's really intriguing uh, to me and an inspiration to a lot of listeners, Wayne. Oh, I agree 100%. I mean, we always talk about getting the youth involved and how important that is for the future of not only hunting, but fishing, outdoors, camping, you name it. It's it's all about getting the youth started at an early age, getting them to understand and appreciate the outdoors. But, you know, <laughs> Drew, you were saying you, were, you started your tournament fishing at seven years old, and, and I'm, I'm, I actually wrote that down because I'm... I'm I had that was baffling seven years old and starting your tournament fishing because I started, I didn't start my tournament fishing until I was probably about 19 or 20. And we had uh, Haley and Savannah from um, Kansas City there. And they're, I think they're 16 and 15 years old. And I thought that was early, you know, because they actually have a fishing team in their school. And I was like, man, to be 15 or 16 and be able to do tournaments, that's awesome. But then you said seven and that just blows that away. So, you know, did, did you feel any kind of like, yep. uh, uh, pressure at seven or are you just out there saying hey i'm i'm with dad i'm having fun that's what it's all about you know it was all about family and fun i'm i'm you know just like most of all y'all i'm competitive and i don't want to lose nothing and uh i you know they got pictures of me 
when I was, I don't even know, four or five years old, I made a homemade wooden boat. And my, we had family that lived down in Joplin. <laughs> and uh, we'd go down to Shoal Creek. And I, I got a picture with me. I, I wanted the glitter sparkle boat. So we painted it blue and put gold glitter on it. And I printed out the champion boat logo, put it on the side of it. So I had my own flat bottom champion <laughs> back in the day. Uh, you know, wow. and I'd fish out of that. And I just, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, it, it didn't, I mean, three, four years old, I'd go unroll the tarp. We had a, we had a little V John boat, aluminum boat with a 15 Evan route, and I'd go unroll the tarp off of that and stand out there and cast till it was dark till my parents made me come inside. So, you know, from, <laughs> from a super young age, I was just, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So when I was, you know, like I said, when I was like seven, eight years old, my dad, he got a ranger. We went from the aluminum boat to a ranger. You talk about high step, and I thought I was something special then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we um, we went and fished, you know, all sorts of buddy tournaments. There really wasn't kids' tournaments back then like there are now. And uh, we just, any any tournaments we could fish, we would. And, um, you know, he, he put up with me and <laughs> let, me, let me go do it. So, it uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. He was in the... There was a Springfield Bass Club back in the day, so he was a member of that. But, you know, just fishing buddy tournaments and benefit tournaments was kind of what we started doing. And not long after that, 10, 11 years old, we started fishing the Like Father, Like Son Trail and then Fish Tales and just kind of progressed. And, you know, when I got to college, I went to Drury, and me and a group of guys, we started the Drury Bass Fishing Team in 2007 or eight, And um, just, you know, the rest was kind of history. Did that for three years and transferred to University of Alabama and, did that and then fished bass opens and FLW tour and stuff like that through college when I graduated. Um, well, know, now I own own businesses and run businesses, but I still go fish some of those semi pro events all over the country and getting ready. We're going last year. I did really good up north on Lake Erie and some of those places up there, Detroit River. So I'm kind of gearing up, getting the boat ready, getting everything set up to go. My next one's on Lake Champlain. No, not Lake Champlain on the uh, St. Lawrence River. So in New York. So okay. we're going to be. Going to be heading north for the summer, fishing some of those. So well, hey, I cannot wait to get some big old brown fish. Right now, you just mentioned Lake Erie. Now, I know we had talked uh, the last time we talked. I had mentioned about going over to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there, that little inlet. Did you ever get a chance to get over yep. to that? I, I never made it that far east. So they moved. They moved the last one, and they ended up putting us on the Detroit River. So they. they oh stuck yeah, it's a bit ways. <laughs> That's a bit of ways. What is that? Two hundred miles right the long way, <laughs> so by water. Yeah. Yep. That's a long run. That's a long run, Lake Footers. It, it sure is. Yes, it is. Yeah, and with Lake Erie being the, the shallowest lake of the Great Lakes, it, those waves will kick up in a heartbeat out there. Yep. I always giggle. You know, I, we, were at, we were at a tackle store the other day, and somebody goes, man, there was five footers on Stockton this weekend. It's like, eh, I don't think you know what five footers look like. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find them up there. You'll find them for real up there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I said, Drew, you talk about fishing the the uh, the tournaments with your dad, and, and I think that you know you 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 have mentioned dad here a, a dozen, maybe two dozen times in this little bit of time we've been on the air. Uh, to do what you have done, especially as a kid, you've got to have a real supportive dad. You owe him a bunch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know he uh, he got me into it, and um, you know my mom was supportive as well. I, I vividly remember my dad was gone for something he was a cpa maybe it was tax season or whatever and i remember my mom there was one tournament left and we were trying to you know it was angle of the year stuff like that so i fished it with my mom and i drug her from highway 13 back in the day all the way up and we went and fished the cove up at uh, cake fair and so we took our 1987 ranger i cannot believe she let me do it i drove the i i, I was i know i was close to driving i was probably 11 12 years old we fished a tournament blasted off and 
you know, it's a long ways. It's, yeah. it's probably a 25, 30 mile run up that river in an old boat. And, uh, you know, we had to get gas and went up there, caught fish and went back, weighed in a limit and did good. So, you know, it, it was both of them. It wasn't just my dad. It was, it was that my, you know, my grandfather's on both of them fished and, um, you know, he's a way of life. I mean, I think that's a lot of, and you look at the Ozarks and you look at the people and the spirit that we have here and, um, you know, whether it's for fun or competition or for survival or, or everywhere in between, I think that, you know, we just, you know, we're so blessed to be in this area and, um, have, have those thoughts, have those, those way of looking at things and, you know, looking, looking at life through those lenses and this, you know, from, from our country roots and things like that. I just, you know, it, it's such a blessing and, you know, I've got a, I've got a one-year-old that's almost two now and then a uh, five-year-old and, uh, you know, just trying to keep them, you know, with everything going on and, Gosh, the world's so much smaller nowadays with technology. We're trying to keep that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, instilled in them and that Missouri, you know, just our just our good old boy in nature and taking care of people and helping people and doing that, you know. And I think the outdoors is a big part of that. I think it brings people together, you know, helps helps people learn, you know, better and worse, you know. So, you know, fish don't always bite. And you got to figure out another way to do it. But I think you can apply that in your life all across the board. Right. Great information and. uh to our listeners all across the, the world that's listening to this show, and especially in the Midwest here, when we have uh, our show aired on nine different networks, you can tell that Drew is not a lazy person. This guy is aggressive, and he's always staying wide open. I'm just like you, Drew. Everybody, you're listening to American Roots. We're going to go to a break. We come back. we got more with Drew Sanford of MS Propane, professional angler. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancy Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevett at the Prevett Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevett at the Prevett Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. Wise-Eye presents, welcome back to American Roots, the fourth and final segment of the radio show. But we do have a bonus segment coming up after this. Our special guest, Mr. Drew Sanford of MS Propane, professional bass angler, and a guy that is wide open. This guy's been wide open since he could walk, I think, Redbone. Well, it kind of sounds that way. You know, it kind of hit the floor running, so to speak. And uh, uh, while we while we're in the break, Drew started to tell us a story about uh, about uh, a boat that he obtained from his dad. So, Drew, tell us tell us what's going on here. Obtained, I, like I think that. it's thievery. I think I think thievery <laughs> is a better word. I wasn't gonna, I, to I wasn't going to say that. We. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, you know, you, you end up all these events that you fish in, like to call it the new. You know kind of changed, I feel like, the fishing industry and how tournaments went. You, know, you had the buddy circuits, and you had kind of the older pro-am things like that, and there wasn't a kid 
level to that. Well, I feel like when I was young, if you were fishing a kids tournament, it was a, it was like a father son trail or mm-hmm. a parent uncle grandparent that. Well, now the kids are really they're they're running the boats, they're doing those. So you fish the high school stuff now. Now the adults don't get to fish. So when I went to college, it was blended more for for us, and the adults weren't there. So. And, and I know there's a lot of dads out there listening or, or parents out there that are listening. They're going, yep, because what happens is, is the kid ends up needing the boat for XYZ tournament. So when I went to college, um, the boat got t- taken, and uh, I used it all over the place. So um, <laughs> we were just talking about family and Father's Day and fishing with them. And it's just it's just humorous because, you know, I, I think about, you know, I did that, then I went to Drury. And, you know, once I went to Drury, then I went to University of Alabama. And uh, I pretty much I stole his boat and then I traded it in and bought it and I used you know somehow I used his boat for the down payment of my new one <laughs> and for whatever reason he let me. But now my dad's you know in the last few years my dad's bought another boat and, you know got back into it. So now now we both have now we both have boats that we run around and do stuff in and um, it's just fun. We were joking about the Father's Day segment with what do you think you want to do for Father's Day? And, well, of course, go fish. So. Um, now, now I don't have to steal his and he didn't have to steal mine. So we've each got our own, but we get to go. We at least can go when we want to go now, but we, uh, we definitely love to spend time together and go, go fish together and do that. All right. So has this ever happened? Have you ever called up dad and said, Hey dad, let's go fish tomorrow. He's like, okay, I'll meet you at so-and-so, uh, you know, to put in and we'll, we'll, we'll hit the lake about six o'clock in the morning. And then you both show up with your boats. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't done that, but, uh. Yeah, it's definitely you know there's there's tournaments. So he ran a he ran a walleye boat, a ranger walleye boat for a while, and uh, it was a big deep V, and he uh, he absolutely loved it, and it did it fished great. But it was one of those situations that we we'd go look at a tournament. We go, all right, whose boat are we taking? Well, I want to take mine. No, I want to take mine. Well, I don't want to empty my boat out. So, you know, it, <laughs> that's a lot it of work. In our favor, a number of times. Yeah, because you know I've, I'd come from a you know I'd fish a Toyota series or an EverStart or whatever it is, and meet him and he'd be somewhere, you know, he'd practice Thursday, Friday, and I'd show up after one of those tournaments and just go jump in the boat with him. And he already kind of a beat on what's going on. So, um, you know, you never, sounds bad, but you can never have too many boats. It's, it's always good to have them parked all over the place. So. Uh, that's right. That's right. And I've seen well, Alex empty. I'll say, Alex, I've seen you empty your boat when it's time to clean it up. And that's a lot of equipment. You actually have to pull your car out of the second bay to empty your boat out to clean it. So I can imagine just trying to go jump from one boat to another because Alex, I mean, he carries around a dozen rods because each one has different thing on it and he's got to be able to grab it and go for it. And I can imagine two of you guys fishing. That's crazy. You, know, you can compare rods to golf clubs or you can compare them to shoes. It depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. My wife says, why do you have so many rods? I said, why do you have so many shoes? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I used to play a lot of softball and I'd carry three softball gloves. And my wife would go, why do you need three? I was like, well, I got one for when I play outfield, one for when I play infield, and uh, and another one for if somebody doesn't bring theirs, they can borrow it. (laughs) That's being good-hearted, Redbone. I have a question for you here before we go. We wrap up the show here. We got like three and a half minutes left, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us one of the funniest stories uh, that you have in tournaments. Man, you shared some great ones as a kid growing up, but Share a funny story uh, during the tournament that you, that that I think people would really oh, think man. cool. What? <laughs> Let me think about that. One that can be you know, <laughs> I All right, I got one. This is on me. If I'm gonna poke fun at somebody, I might as well poke it at myself. So we, uh, I remember, and and it wasn't you know, it, it wasn't a big tournament, but it was a tournament nonetheless. And we were at Stockton. It was me and one of my buddies, and uh, the lake was flooded. 
And no, it was a, yeah, Tabor. It was at Tabor Rock. Lake was flooded. Um, the porta potties and all the outhouses they were in the water. So uh, you needed to find another spot if you were going to blast off and do that. So <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I drank my coffee in the morning and yeah. ate my yeah. pack of chocolate donuts, and I'm sitting there, and my stomach goes, Bruh. and I looked, and I'm like, dude, I gotta go. He's like, where? Where are you going to go? I was like, I don't know. Just part, like we were in, you know, the boats all line up in single file line, waiting to put the boat in. I was like, I don't know, but I got to go now. I don't really care at this point. So I'm like looking around, like you know, there's cars behind us, there's cars in front of us. So I, uh, I just sit, you know, the, the natural spots find the middle, <laughs> go, go find cover. So I went, I sat on the, the tongue of the trailer on the back of the truck. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there and trying to do my business. And this car behind us, this guy, I mean, he's just, he starts blasting, you know, because the boat starts creeping away from us. We're four or five boats back now. So this guy starts beeping his horn. Beep. I see, I see my buddy look in the rearview mirror like, come on, dude. Beep. And I'm just like, oh, man. And he kind of looks at me, puts his arms up and shrugs. And he starts driving, so he drives off, and I'm standing there with my pants down. <laughs> it's just like, my lord. So that that was a uh, that was an incident you won't forget. So that was a fail. So ne- next time, I think a tree would have been a better a yeah. better well, option. <laughs> well, he must have been a good friend because he didn't film it and post it all over the internet. <laughs> yeah, there, I don't know that we had Facebook then yet. I don't know. So I'm sure there's a picture somewhere. I know everybody was laughing and carrying on about it. So. As, as back during MySpace. Well, <laughs> well, I've got to say, that's one of the highlights of the funniest stories I've ever had told on a podcast and radio show. <laughs> that's funny, man. Man, we've had a great time with you, Drew. You're always a, a, a great guest. And how can people learn more about MS Propane and learn more about you? And how can they follow you? And if somebody wants to uh, order some propane in our listening areas, and your areas are Kabul and Rogersville and Ava, a lot of areas out over west there. How can they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Our website's probably the best way to get a hold of us. You go to www.mspropanegas.com. Um, that works. We were on Facebook. So if you type in MS Propane, uh, we're on Facebook. And we've also got a YouTube channel. And then if you're wanting to follow me and see my fishing stuff, if you yeah. just search on Facebook, Instagram, Drew, D-R-U, Fishes, F-I-S-H-E-S, or type my name in, D-R-E-W, Sanford, S-A-N-F-O-R-D. So, um, you know, I'm on TikTok, TikTok to YouTube, you name it. So we're, we're on all of them. That's awesome. And, again, thank you for being a wonderful guest. We're going to wrap the show up here. And remember, we got the bonus segment. If you listen to podcasts, we want every podcast here available use on Apple, uh, iTunes, etc. So uh, tune in to listen to this bonus segment because he's going to share some of his secrets to catching some of these big bass. But he's also got some information, some uh, business information that he might share with others that may be coming to the Ozarks in the future. So thank you for listening, everybody. Again, Drew Stamper, professional bass angler, the owner of MS Propane, an outdoorsman. A, a man that loves the Lord, a man that loves his brother, and uh, loves his dad and his mother. Thanks for listening, and remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do, American roots. Thank you.
for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Wise Eye Technology presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Locke. I got Mike Crace in the studio with me. We have Drew on the phone for his extended uh, bonus segment here, and Alex is on the phone with us also. And if you're listening to this, that means you are listening to us on your podcast. We appreciate that. Make sure you uh, follow us uh, and uh, give us a five-star review. We're going to be drawing another winner here. Uh, we got one that will be announced tomorrow on the Facebook page, so be sure to check out the Facebook page, see who the winner is for the last week. And uh, got some great gifts going out. It's now fishing season, so uh, we're going to probably see if we can maybe give out a few fishing items here. And uh, or maybe give out some start getting uh, ready for some deer season. Get that in uh, people's thoughts and that. But uh, Drew, you know one of the things that uh, when we were on this break here that we were talking, I heard you mention was uh, COVID and the effect that it had on business and that. It also had a huge effect on you know the outdoor industry and that and your fishing tournaments and stuff like that, which was of course all canceled. Um, which still to me doesn't make sense. You're out in the middle of the lake. Who are you going to give the COVID to the fish? But um, what what effect did that have on you and Coming back into this year now that all the restrictions are lifted, how forward are you looking to, you know, blasting back off again to where you left off in 20, 2019? Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, you know, when it shut everything down, people just didn't know what to do. So, you know, the tournaments made decisions and calls. I remember I was in Oklahoma for a tournament, and it was truly one of those decisions that it's like, if I go to Oklahoma, are we going to get stuck? You know, are we going to get stuck? Are they going to close? You know, mm-hmm. they were talking about closing state lines down, stuff like that. So. Um, you know, a lot of the, the what-ifs and what could happen, things like that, it, it put a lot of fear in everybody. Um, you know, I think I think the tournament, you know, the large tournament organizations, they try to make the best decisions they could because, you know, some, some of the anglers, you know, we traveled four, five, ten states away to go to some of these events and, you know, getting fuel, getting stuff like that, there was a lot of risk. So, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I commend them for doing a good job for, you know, for what we, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know when that happened. Right. And it was good to see some of that. The local stuff, I'm with you, that it's like, you know, why are we canceling the local tournament down the road? We've been fishing every day this week because we've all been off work and everything else. Why aren't we having that? But, um, you know, you kind of, you kind of shrug on those. But, you know, I think everybody was fearful for what they had. But, my Lord, you talk about from an industry standpoint, um, there couldn't be anything better for getting people in the outdoors and bringing families together and bringing people back home. Um, you know, I think those vacations where we went to Florida or you went overseas or you did things like that and spent four or five, six grand on a family vacation, well, heck, that's a boat payment for a year. So a lot of people went out and bought aluminum boats, bought pontoon boats, bought stuff to do with the family. Yeah. And uh, you, I just, I, you know, from a, I think we're all going to look back at this for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and say, man, look at how many new people, you know, realize what the outdoors were and is compared to, you know, we were playing video games and doing this and doing that. We were traveling, you know, long trips and, you know, kids don't want to hang out with parents. And, you know, now you kind of figure out what the outdoors is and go, go spend the day on the lake and everybody has a good time. And you realize, man, we don't got to spend five grand on a family vacation to go have a good time together. So, um, it was really neat from that aspect. It's been really neat. You know, the tackle sales, I know, you know, just as an industry, the tackle sales is boom, the boat sales is boom. So that just tells you there's a lot of people doing it. And, um, I actually got to meet with the mega bass rep yesterday, the national mega bass rep. And he, uh, he was telling me, he goes, you know, the sales up for a lot of his big clients, they're up 400%, 300%. So, I mean, it's just that that didn't happen because everybody bought an extra dozen mega basses this year. That's, a lot, a lot, a lot of new people coming into the sport doing that. And, 
um, you know, man, what a what a great great opportunity to get people peeled out of you know video game world and things like that and doing other things, get them plugged back into the outdoors and um, you know their roots, getting back to that grassroots of fishing yeah. and hunting and, and doing that stuff. Right, yeah, and and you know, and I think I think a large percentage of those people will stay with it too. Yes, you know, and I know that's part of the part of the concern now is now things are opening back up. They're going to say, okay, let's go to Disney World. Let's not go to Table Rock Lake. Uh, yeah. but but I think a lot of people yeah, I, don't, I think I don't a lot know. of people will stay with yeah, I don't with know the if local. it's going to happen or not you know I'm kind of half and half on that but mm-hmm. I think you're going to lose a there's going to be a percent that you lose when that happens but on the same sure. token I think I think what we will see is they go to Viz- Disney World because they haven't been and they go you know there's a lot of people standing around this might not be the safest <laughs> we had just yeah. as much fun having having a having a good time on the pontoon boat together so I you know I think I think it's going to stick and I think it's a three to five year deal where, you know, you're going to see the, the busyness and the sales. And, um, you know, one of our other businesses that we have is a tackle manufacturing company. And, um, we manufacture for all sorts of brands and, you know, we do spin casts and CNC molds and things like that for people. And, you know, we're, we're getting, we're just getting blown up by customers wanting to build more bait, do more stuff. And, um, everybody's, you know, it's, it's all a game, but everybody's, everybody's guessing it's going to last three to five more years. So, um, I couldn't be more happy just to see the sport grow from that standpoint. All right. Now, was it the time off during COVID? I would say, is it, was it the time off during COVID that made you come up with thinking, you know, let's open another business up and, you know, boat works. Is that what kind of got you going? <laughs> no. Or is that something yeah, that you've been no, thinking about for really. 20 years, um, you know, since you, know, you were seven wanted, years old, you know? Yeah. So we started this year, we started, we started a couple companies and, uh, they were really at a need. So sportsmen's, you know, lose that makes the rods and the reels that were here in Springfield. They had a tackle store called Sportsman's. That tackle store, lose got bought out by a corporation out of South Carolina. They were going to close that building. So Jim Lovin and Stick and Drew C, they were kind of the main runners of that store. Um, they came to us and just said, look, we need to find a new home to do this again with. And, you know, we couldn't have been more honored to help get that up off the ground. So we started a company called Baitworks. Um, so that's, that's something we put a lot of effort into at that same time. You know, I just have a huge passion for the outdoors and, um, there's a, a brand called Camus Bass Boats and, and that's Earl Bentz that had Triton and Stratus before that. Um, his son-in-law and his daughter, they're running, you know, and, and Earl, they're running Camus Boats. So there wasn't a dealer in the area and I had some buddies that were pushing me and we had a building here on the highway in Springfield, 65 that, uh, you know, we weren't using for anything at the time. And uh, it was just one of those situations. We started a boat dealership. So we started a boat dealership, and uh, we started talking about it probably in June, July. And then by the time we got our first rig in, it was uh, August, September. So, um, you know, we did that. So in, and that compiled with the tackle store. We kind of moved it all into one and got it up and going. And, heck, we, I mean, we've sold over 200 boats since we started at this point, And it's been, it's just been wild. We moved the tackle store next door to a building we had up there, remodeled the front end, built it bigger and better. And, you know, I think we have almost 4,000 square foot of, of tackle, you know, tackle showroom space. Wow. And, uh, and the boat show, you know, the boat showroom has, we could put eight or 10 boats inside. So we've got a pretty good, you know, we've got, I don't even know, we've probably got 30 or 40 in stock right now. So, you know, we're just, we're trying to keep a good inventory of boats and a good inventory of tackle and, um, you know, just help Ozark anglers do a good job. And even further, if you go to bait-wrx.com, baitworks.com, um, we have an online tackle store. So it's similar to, you know, a tackle warehouse or BassPro.com, things like that. So um, we're trying to develop that. 
Alex, you want to take a road trip? Go look at some boats. Well, I'm going in the morning. If Drew is available tomorrow, I'm headed to Springfield in the morning. Love it. I love it. You just tell me when. All right, I'll be there. I'm serious. I'll be there tomorrow morning. Sometime you just tell the time you want me to arrive and where to meet you, and I'll be there. Yep. Uh, I would say, you know, if you want to do 9, 9.30 in that ballpark, that'd be great. Absolutely. Right, I'll be there uh, after the show here. I'll get the address where you want me to meet you at. But I want to say this. Uh, we talked about a lot of things here in the bonus segment uh, of your company, Boatworks, and uh, your, your tackle company and all this. Man, again, this goes back to the, throughout this whole show of how aggressive you are in uh, being a hard worker. And hard work creates success, but also along with success and hard work comes knowledge and wisdom. And you got some of that from your dad, I'm sure, and your mother. Oh, absolutely. You know, there. My mom. My mom always motivated me to keep going. And you know, my dad's very savvy with what he does. He's a CPA and real smart on the accounting side, things like that. And um, add them both together, it's a complete disaster with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, do this for us real quick before we wrap up the bonus segment here. Share one of your best hidden secrets, if you don't yep. care, with the people. Let's talk fishing. Countries. Talk fishing. Love it. I want you to share a couple of secrets that you do in fishing that a lot of people probably don't do. Yep. Nothing better than talking fishing. And, you know, June is one of my favorite months to get out there. It's kind of funny on the lakes in this area, people, it kind of starts dying down a little bit just because it's starting to get warm and people don't want to fish during the day. But it is absolutely my favorite time of year to throw topwater. And it doesn't matter if it's bluebird skies or rainy and overcast, doesn't matter. I will pick up a, you know, like a, a white spook junior. Um, yep. I always add a tail feather to the back of it. That's, that's one of those secrets wow. that you guys, should all, you know, oh. that's, that's a secret one. Add a tail feather to the back of a spook, a pop or things along those lines. But, um, it is top water season and it is on. If you can get, you know, if those fish were spawning, if you know where they were kind of spawning those pockets and coves, you can go around right now. It doesn't matter what lake, it doesn't matter what river it, you know just match the hatch on size if you you know if you're on a creek throw a little you know a small one or a pop bar if you're on a lake that has big ones in it throw a little bit bigger of a bait a super spook or a regular spook but it is absolutely top water season if you want to have fun go get you know a medium action rod get monofilament line and throw a top water around and just have a ball catching them I mean, it's, it's the time of year you can go catch a pile of fish here's a question for you on that feather, do you you dyed a different color? What color feather do you put on your trailer as a trailer? You know, my my two cents with it is it gives them something to see in the target. So a lot of times, if I have my pick, I'll do like a red hook with a white feather. Um, okay. Sometimes it has a little bit of chartreuse on the feathers. I'm not I'm not that picky when it comes to that, but I just think it just adds. You know, you look at a fish and you kind of you know they got their tail and it's kind of translucent and stuff like that. You look at a shatter, a minnow. When you just when you work that spook or a pawpaw on that tail's back there, it looks so real, and I feel like it gives them something to key on. Hmm. And if you can give them something to key on, it turns a lot of blowups into bite. Yeah, just yeah. Because it's right there for them. So, and something else that's a key. I was saying monofilament line. You know, these days everybody's fluorocarbon, fluorocarbon, yeah. fluorocarbon. Yeah. That's right. If you're dragging something, but if you're on the top, you want to throw braid or monofilament. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm more of a mono guy, and 12, 14-pound mono, I like it. You can still cast it real far. And I, I don't do anything wild, you know, expensive. I'll go buy a big old roll of Berkeley Big Game for four ninety nine at Walmart, and that'll yeah. last me a season. I mean, there's nothing – you don't got to do expensive. You know, that's what's awesome about topwater fishing is 
It's the most aggressive fun bikes you'll ever see. It's not expensive. You don't have to have super, super nice gear. You don't have to have a $500 G Loomis rod to feel efficient 400 foot of water and fart on it. You know, they're blowing up on it. And it doesn't matter if it's an ugly stick or, you know, an expensive rod. You're going to, you know, you, you, rods are on at this point. So, you know, and for a way to get a kid or somebody young or somebody new in the sport of fishing, that strike, oh my gosh, you guys know how that is. When they blow up on a bait, there is nothing better than that. So, right. Um, it's fun. A lot of fun. Some great information, everybody. What do you think, Redbone? What do you think, Wayne Lack? He's been one of our top guests. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And the, and the feather as a trailer is, uh, that, that's tremendous. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. Now I'm we glad, just gotta, now we just got to find some about, feathers. I'm glad we're not in this, this bonus segment during the regular show this week because i got a tournament. All of my top water is going to have feathers behind them. I'm going to the garage as soon as we hang up and start tying feathers on it. <laughs> there you go. We'll air this after, you know the, what I've after weigh-in. Do you tie your own feathers or do you buy them pre-made? Well, I, I've, I've got I've got turkey feathers. I've got chicken feathers. There I've got go. in my yard, buddy. All right, so here's a little Redneck 101 trick. When you right. do your feathers, instead of using line or braid or whatever, you okay. can go buy some uh, heat shrink. Go to O'Reilly's or go yeah. to the park store, get some heat shrink tubing. And you can cut that, and you can you can splice them right on right there. It takes two seconds. So if you can't tie a knot to save your life like this kid, you can uh, you can you can use some heat shrink. <laughs> so what are you heat shrinking wow. it right over the treble hook, or are you over the the uh... the net? Yep, slide the oh. heat shrink over the line. Yes, yeah. over the line tie, and then slide it up, huh. and then just melt it down. I'll yep. be darned. There you go. Oh, I love it. <laughs> there you go. Shortcuts. <laughs> Got to love the What a great show, and what some awesome, awesome information that will help you catch more fish and bigger fish from Drew Sanford. And the man, a, lot, a man with a lot of knowledge, a man with a lot of spunk, a lot of energy, uh, success story, uh, comes deep from his roots, from his family, and him listening to his parents and his guidance. And we just want to encourage everybody that listens to us, you know, share the outdoors with somebody young. If it's your grandkids, uh, your nieces, even your neighbor's kids, get them in the outdoors. Share the outdoors with them. Let, let them experience what you and I experience. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, folks, I just want to remind everybody, make sure you go to www.americanrootsoutdoors.com. Go to the shop page and uh, check out all the things we got, apparels, equipment, stuff like that. And when you check out, enter the keyword podcast for a 10% discount on your items. Redbone. Yeah, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week. Uh, we're glad you joined us on the podcast. Don't forget to uh, tune in periodically. You never know what you might see here when you come to the podcast uh, on American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and friends. And when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>